Welcome to the Companion Chapel. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Saturday, March 27th, day 221. We're in the book of Hebrews today, chapter 4. Divine inspiration penned by the Apostle Paul himself, not only for believers, but also aimed at waivers, people that have wavering faith. Please first consider your part in the many-member body of Christ. Participate in glorifying, magnifying, and broadcasting God's saving word. My part is creating this Bible teaching media. Your part consists of supporting post-media solutions by way of your time or money contributions that you're called to action. God's word being taught cover to cover, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, requires advertising and a functioning website suitable for search and social. Whatever God-given talent you have, God expects you to use it in the many-member body of Christ. God's blessings will abound on you and yours. Give it up for God at companionchapel.com, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address, companionchapel at gmail.com. Your gift of as little as $10 a month or 37 a day enables me to bring you a Bible teaching podcast a day every day. You're encouraged to send your biblical questions or prayer requests to email address companionchapel at gmail.com or come by for a Bible study to number 338 Side Road 2829 Paisley, Ontario, Canada. N0G2G0 is the uh, postal code here. And the phone number here is 519-706-8876. Call or text of Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 1. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. You have to know how to claim the promises. It's your inheritance. You have to get to know the Bible. You have to have a working knowledge of the Bible. And you write your own sentence. You you govern yourselves accordingly. Then don't get left out like these people that were left out. Forty days they walked in the, in the wilderness and God hand fed them and took care of them and they had wavering faith. And wavering faith just means you think you know better. And that's all there is to it when it comes down to it. If you don't have faith in God, if you don't trust, you won't be trusted. If you don't believe, there's no relief, as it's written in the book of Isaiah. And if you do not understand, you cannot stand. And that's a great verse from the book of Isaiah. Okay, verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them. We're talking about the people who, was, who were walking in the wilderness with uh, Moses those 40 years. It didn't profit them because they kept questioning it. They didn't have faith in it. I don't know how they couldn't have faith. Like God was right there. Like they saw all the miracles. They tangibly saw God's works and they didn't have faith. And that's why it doesn't surprise me. People today, when all the things going on around them, all the signs, the wonders, the miracles, uh, they just they just choose not to... Uh, give it up for God. They just choose to think that they know better. And that's what these people did. And it didn't profit them. In fact, it landed their butt in hell. Okay. Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. The word is not mixed. Their faith is mixed with ways and things of the world. So be careful how you read that uh, verse. Verse three, for we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, I have sworn in my wrath, if they enter into my rest, although the works were finished, from the foundation of the world. Well, this verse is kind of weird, so let's just let's just uh, examine this verse here. The foundation of the world was catabol. Okay, catabol meant the overthrow, the the ice age. Okay, just just put it that way in easiest terms. Uh, science has proven the ice age it wiped out all living things, um, and then the foundation of the world. This is not uh, Genesis chapter one, verse one. This is Genesis chapter one, verse two. And never forget 
Uh, there is a billion years in between Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. This is the rejuvenation of the world. And what's happened here to enter into his rest, we have to acknowledge that Jesus Christ was the living word, and the word was with God, and the word was God in the beginning, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God has a plan. Okay, a plan of salvation. And we have to follow that plan. We have to follow that road to salvation because there is no other road. There's or other road to salvation. There's lots of roads that seem right unto man. There's lots of ways that seem right unto mankind. They look at it. They think about it. Other people are doing it and they jump on it. And, and uh, there's tons of vain curiosities and prisons people put themselves in through their chasing their vain curiosities. And what God's saying here is, I, I have a plan. And you're going to follow it or you can't get in. And that's all there is to it. He's God. He knows best. He knows how to have a kingdom of peace that we don't understand here right now. Verse 4. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise. And God did rest the seventh day from all his work. That's right. We just did the book of, uh, well, we did Genesis chapter 1 in uh, Hebrews, uh, with Hebrews chapter one. And so just remember, God did rest on the seventh day. He rests from achievement. Mankind rests from fatigue. God rests and he looked and he said, it is very good. But he had to put a husbandman there. He didn't have anybody to plant the seeds of truth throughout the world. And he had on the eighth day, he created Adam. On the sixth day, he created mankind. So there's millions of people by time Adam and Eve were around. But they were just isolated in that garden until Satan had a party there with Eve and then Adam joined in and then sin entered the world because now we know better because God's teaching us. That seed line became the Christ line and that went up through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Abraham means father of many nations and Abraham is also the father of Ishmael, our brothers, all our Muslim brothers. So you got to be careful when you, you have to think about God's works and you have to think about on the seventh day, he rested. That's his Sabbath. He has a place of peace for us. He's trying to tell us right off the hop that, yes, I have a rest for you if you, if you want, if you want it. And there's a way to get to that rest is through the salvation ministry that I have sent my Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ, his righteous right arm. He's the mediator to Father. He's our Sabbath, our rest. He is our rock. He is our stability in these unstable times. Six, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. People hear the word of God and then they just... They just think, well, you know what? They don't understand it, so they just have to make something up based on what? Based on human reasoning, based on inconsistent thought patterns, based on their own egotism. And you know what? Don't cast your pearls before swine, because if you argue with an idiot, they just, they always win by experience if you decide to argue with them. Don't cast your pearls before swine. You, you, you lay down the truth and always have a linear progression towards the truth because we have the only truth. The Bible is God's consistent thought pattern. It is principal beliefs. God's word is unassailable. It answers every question and every grievance known to mankind. But, but lawyers enter the lawyer, the greasy lawyer, enter the lawyer. Let's do, let's, um, let's just distort the language here and let's make, uh, let's, let's set the laws on precedent. Okay, God doesn't do that. God is consistent. God's word is the unchanging principled reason resolve of a higher power written in the councils of eternity. It never changes. 
Mankind's inconsistent thought pattern means unprincipled beliefs. And that's what happens here. Unbelief, disobedience. Okay? Verse 7. Again, he limiteth, he defineth a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Again, Paul's hammering this home. God's telling him, listen, right now, today, what are you waiting for? You have something better to do? Well, you tell that to your maker when you, when you say, you know what, Jesus Christ, I had something better to do. I just want to get drunk with my buddies. I have to go make money. I have to read Facebook clips two minutes at a time, two minutes at a time for my little dopamine blast, right? I have to, I have to be on Instagram, see how many followers I can get. I can't put down my phone, God. I can't put down my computer screen. I have to watch, I have to watch the news, which gives you no certainty because it's based on man's unprincipled beliefs. And it's also one of Satan's big dynasties, the education system of the world. The big social engineering, the great apostasy, the social engineering us uh, trying to, all of us <clears throat> attempting to, but not us that have faith in God, to social engineer us away from the truth. And they're doing a great job. They have most of the planet thinking the way they want them to think. Great apostasy, the great falling away from truth. And today, if you will hear his voice, not some analyst, not some guy on TV, not some uh, expert in his field holding up a graph or a chart or a model or, or people just giving their opinions. This is my expert opinion. And they have, you know, I'm sitting at a desk with all his plaques on the walls from in, in a big uh, bookcase of leather bound books. Well, guess what? There's only one book that matters. It's your Bible. Get into it, read it, drive it into you, be somebody. Verse 8. Okay, verse 8 to 11, there's a lot said here, and it's all about being lazy or working. And you get what you you get what you deserve. Okay, let's just go into this. Verse 8. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterwards have spoken of another day? This means work before rest. Jesus Christ isn't just giving, hey, hey here, here, what you said my name, here's your ticket stamped into heaven. Uh, I believe in Jesus Christ, here's your ticket stamped into heaven. You have to work. You have to get to know him. Remember, Jesus Christ says, depart from me. I never got to know you. You never got to know me, is what's written in the manuscripts. Uh, verse 10, for he that is entered into his rest also has ceased from his works as God did from his own. I skipped a verse there. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God because we have to work for it. Okay, let's just go to Mark chapter 2. Uh, verse 27, and he said unto them, the Sabbath, that's the rest, was made for man and not man for Sabbath. God made it for us. We have to find our way to that rest. And, our, and the only road to that rest is uh, through our Lord Jesus Christ, the salvation ministry. Verse 28, therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. It's our rest. Christ is our rest, our Sabbath. Christ just told the Pharisees, he is the Sabbath. I am the rest. He is the temple. And we have to be part of that temple. That's what's being said here in these verses from uh, verse 7 to verse 11 here in Hebrews chapter 4. Okay. Uh, and I read that because we have to work for it. Um, for he that entereth into his rest. I read that because God, God's the creator. We have to work into it. We have to add to it. We have to become part of the structural fabric, a pillar of it. We have to build ourselves up. God already created everything as it's written in the book of uh, Colossians and other places uh, everywhere in the Bible. Okay. Lest 
Lest us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Okay, why do people fall on their face? Because they have they lack faith. They get egotism and they think they know better. And you know what? People that lack faith in God are lazy. They don't want to get into God's word. They think they know better. They're blamers. When you're pointing your finger at God or at other people, when Jesus Christ said, Raka, in the book of Matthew, he says, no disdain, no looking down at others, no blaming others, and a death sentence, if you slander others, stop pointing fingers, use that little finger you're pointing at, that index finger, and turn around and point it at yourself and take inventory. What's inside you? What's causing you to feel this way? You feel you've been slighted? You feel you've been dissed? That's egotism. Don't deal with those people anymore. Break free, get a new life, work for the Lord. Don't work for your self-pride. You know, whoopee-doo, who cares what other people think? Stop living in the prison of what other people think. It's one of the biggest prisons in the world. It's perpetuated by the global media. And that's just Satan's way of uh, filling you with self-pride and egotism, of arrogance and aggression and, and blame and regret and the woulda, shoulda, coulda's. Uh, that's what causes unbelief. Just start pointing fingers at God. Well, why did God allow this to happen? Well, God didn't allow it to happen. God allows free will. He will not influence the one thing God, it's possible God can't control. He can't control free will love. He wants your free will love and he's going to wait for it and see if it's in you or if it's not in you. And what what's your vesture? What do you cover yourself with? What do you clothe yourself with? The veil of Christ, which is all about the most selfless act of love and compassion beyond our present comprehension, or the ways and things of the world, which is all about egotism, self-pride, greed, gluttony, blame, would've, should've, could've, dissing the other person. You know, there's people that'll shoot each other just for looking at them. He dissed me. Well, okay, Mr. Thug Bully. Nobody respects you. You can go sit in jail now. Okay, lazy people. Listen, man, if you don't have faith... You're lazy. You have to get into God's word. You have to submit with unquestioned obedience. And you know what? I'm just reading what God's word says. And, you know, I, I tell a lot of people when they get all offended, I just say, you know what, man? Go play somewhere else until you, can get, until you can get over it. Go find another sandbox to ruin. Okay, verse 12. Uh, For the word of God is quick and powerful. Quick means living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Remember we read about this in the in Revelation piercing even to dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints of the marrow uh, and a, discern a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. God knows your thoughts and intents. He knows your actions in real time. There's nothing here that shall not be revealed. And that's all there is to it. That is that. Okay. That's one of my go-to verses, obviously, because God knows your thoughts and intents. You can't carry anything with you. You can't be fake. You can't be a phony. You can't negotiate things and think that God doesn't know. You haven't gotten away with anything. God knows. Your closet is empty to God. Watch what reads in 13 here. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. That's all of us. Anything he's created, anything he's allowed life, but all things are naked and open unto his eyes, him with whom we have to do. Listen, you're sitting there with 19 pages of porn open thinking you're the only one that knows because you're behind a computer screen and you have some firewall up or something like that or a VPN going. God knows. God knows little Johnny sitting there. You know, God sees everything. He knows your lusting thoughts and intents. Listen, get 
get, learn to say no to yourself. Have some self-discipline. Be a man, woman, child of God. God sees you. This is like divine x-rays. Nothing is hidden. There is nothing hidden that shall not be revealed. Don't click on that. Show some self-discipline. You'll feel a lot better. The meek shall inherit the earth. The meek means to afflict yourself through self-discipline. Learn to say no to yourself. Have some self-discipline. That's the problem with the world today is everybody just, I deserve it. I deserve to go sit there and do what I want for all these hours watching all this pornography or getting drunk or doing drugs or sitting there watching Netflix for hours and hours and hours. It's my time. It's for me. No, God allows you this time. He wants to see what you're going to do with it. Some people in the world have no time whatsoever. It takes every second of every day just to get the basic necessities of life. God gives you a blessing of time, extra money, computer connections. And what do you do with it? Sitting there using your body as an amusement park because you put yourself in the prison of sensual lust. What else are you doing? It's just, just a wasting of time and vanities of vanities, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Nothing else matters when it comes down to it because... Fate won't negotiate no matter how big of a star you think you are. You're going to die. And when you're laying there on your deathbed, what really matters? Where your butt is going to land, in heaven or in hell? Okay, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Yeshua Messiah, our Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten. Let us hold fast our profession, our confession to him. It is our job to him. We have work to do. We want to build ourselves up so that we can work in the, in, in the construction of the Millennium Temple. God wants people there. He doesn't want to be sitting there by himself. He wants us to be there. He loves us. He wants to give us peace, a Sabbath here as it's written, a place of rest. That's what this whole chapter is about. It's not, it's, you have to work for it. You can't just sit there. And, I believe in Jesus. I'm going to heaven now. Yep. Yep. I don't believe in Jesus. Give me that remote control. I'm going to watch TV for the next six hours. Yep. I believe in Jesus. I'm going to heaven now. Give me my computer. I'm just going to go surf around and do whatever I want and, and just make weird comments, be an internet troll. Whatever you do with your time, man, that's your business. But it's God's business watching you and you write your own sentence where your butt lands, heaven or hell. Come on, man, just get over this stuff. Get over the ways and things of the world. Stop giving all the evil in the world its power. It would have no power if everyone just dropped it right now. If everyone just dropped on their knees and confessed to the Lord and just say, okay, God, it's time. We've had enough. We don't want to see anybody without suffering. It's time. Do it now. The devil would have no power. Like Jesus Christ gave the devil no power. The cross was the crowning point of Christianity on Calvary where Jesus Christ would not negotiate with evil. He would not accommodate evil in his kingdom is what he was saying. Prophecy was fulfilled and the kingdom of heaven became in accordance with this divine written word, in accordance with reality. It's a reality, man. There's more to this world than what we see in these flesh eyes. And there's a reason this book is the best-selling book on planet Earth. And there's no excuse except laziness if you're not getting into it. If you just want to sit there, but I, I can't believe how many Christian people, and I pray for these people. Well, that's not the God that I know. That's not the God. Well, you romanticize what you think God should be because it's convenient for you. It doesn't crimp your lifestyle. You know better. You just think you, you, you know everything. So you'll sit there and, and give me comments like, that's not the God I know. That's not my God. Well, you're romanticizing what you think is right. God is a God of love, and, and his love is perfect. 
And none of us are perfect. We all fall short. We all sin. The whole world sins. And we have to ask for forgiveness and mean it. And that's repentance. And that's our profession, our confession. You have to confide in him or you cannot abide in him. You have to understand him or you cannot stand. You have to believe in him, unwavering belief, or you get no relief from the ways and things of the world, the anxieties, worries, fears. And when you're on your deathbed, when you're facing your mortality, you're going to sit there and just stare at the ceiling and go, oh, what's next? What's next? You want inner peace. You want to know where your ticket's stamped to. 15, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but with all, but within all points tempted like... We are yet without sin. What's this mean? Okay, this means <clears throat> Jesus Christ came and manifested, manifested a little lower than the angels, and he was tempted more than we will ever be tempted. There's nothing under the sun that he wasn't tempted with beyond measure. Forty days, forty nights in the desert. Uh, Satan dragged him up all, all over the place, up into the highest place, you know, sitting up on the highest place, looking out over the world. I'm temp tempting him and tempting him and looking at us like Lily's little minions. These little insolent children, they're so wavering in faith. They just do whatever evil tells them to do. And Jesus Christ said, no, I love them. I'm going to give them away out of all this, Satan. And Satan's going, well, you have to make that kingdom valid. And Jesus Christ said, I will. And Satan's like, I'm going to nail you to a cross. You're going to, I'm going to whip you. I'm going to have, have these little minions pull your beard out. They're going to sin every day right up until the next time you come around. Jesus Christ said, that's fine. I'll do it. I'm going to do it for them because I love them. And so he would not accommodate or, or negotiate or make concessions with Satan one bit. And he gave Satan no power. And when we're in the kingdom of heaven, we give Satan no power because we will not accommodate him. And then God just says, okay, enough of Satan. We're just going to wipe him out. And everybody that decides to stick with it, why not? Like we've, we've exhausted ourselves trying to tell these people and other people, like get over yourself, all the egotism, all the ways and things of the world. Look at the trouble in the world today. It's beyond measure, the wars, rumors of wars, the human suffering. All the evil in the world is instigated by Satan himself. He's even in charge of disease as it's written in the book of Job. I'm just going to put some disease on some people here. I'm just going to put COVID-19 around here. Let's put COVID-19 in this laboratory. Let's, let's, uh, let's have these um, people say there's going to be a pandemic in the next administration. Thank you, Dr. Fauci, for telling us that back in 216. Then 218, they, they um, well, would, would Jesus Christ open a laboratory and say, okay, let's uh, make COVID-19 here and let's put a patent on it in 218. Who does that? Is that Jesus Christ or is that Satan? And then, oh, then all of a sudden a year later, after they have it patented, hey, it's 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 spread. Someone left the lid off the jar. It's spread. Uh oh, that's not good. Really? Come on, give me a break, man. Like you want to play with this like a bunch of minions? Well, that's Satan doing it. Satan's just going around doing his thing, trying to socially engineer us, just playing a game. And I quit. I quit your game, Satan. I don't like you. I I do not like you. And we have power over Satan. We can say this as Jesus Christ taught us in Luke chapters. 10. I rebuke you, Satan. I rebuke Satan, all demons, devils, evil spirits, all powers and principalities of Satan. I rebuke from inside me and all around me. And I pray for your love to come into my heart, Jesus Christ. I pray for the Holy Spirit to saturate into me with the veil of Christ and the hedge of God around me. And then we don't get tempted by the ways and things of the world. You have to mean it when you say something like that. Okay? Jesus Christ did not sin. He did not accommodate guile, malice, corruption. He was blameless. And the clergy were responsible 
for getting the crowd going and nailing them to the cross. Just like the clergy today are responsible for nailing Christ to the cross when they don't teach God's word, when they use the Bible as a book of quotes and they leave us all out. Me and my brother went to church for nine years. We did not learn one page of the Bible. And neither of us is, is well, we're not geniuses, but we're not, you know, limited in intelligence. There's no excuse for that. There's no excuse for the preacher not teaching the children. The great saving message in here of, of certainties and, and no anxiety and no worry. It's all going to be good. It's all good. And it's all written here in these promises written in the councils of eternity. And you have to know how to claim them. You have to know them. Okay, verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy, find grace to help in time of need. Unmerited favor. Enter his rest. He understands you. God forgives, but considers human frailty and he expects that of you too. In your household, a divided house can't stand because it's divided with unforgiveness, with entitlement feelings, with uh, one-upmanship, trying to outdo your partner. I've seen that in many relationships. People actually trying to sabotage their own partner. That's all egotism, blame, spite, all those feelings. You know what? They don't belong in the house of God. They don't belong in your house. They don't belong in your life. So get rid of them now. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the saving message. This is the Companion Chapel. My name is Mike. Here's your call to action. Please help promote and promote and share this podcast. Please help get it around the world. My job is to create this, uh, this Bible teaching media. Your call to action is to try and promote this Bible teaching media through post media solutions, audience, social, website, anything you can do to help. I am just a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I am your servant. I love you to pieces. I want to thank you very much for listening. I hope you're enjoying the book of Hebrews. Have yourself a great day. Bye for now.